I'm very excited for today. I have a great guest on the line. She is a postpartum coach who helps women survive and thrive in postpartum without the pressure to be Pinterest perfect, which I love because let's be real, so many of us mamas struggle with, you know, the age of comparison and constantly looking at Instagram and different social media platforms where we feel like we do have to fit into this, you know, perfect Pinterest picture. And I just love that this mama and this particular woman who I connected with actually on social media as well is always all about, you know, how do you strive and thrive and stress less and how do you still be yourself in kind of this picture perfect world that we're all in. So Chelsea Skaggs, welcome to my show. Thank you, Allie. Uh, I have been so excited since we connected and I've had the chance to fall in love with your podcast and your messaging. So it's really exciting for me to be here. Oh, thank you so much. Really appreciate you listening and supporting. And I know I've seen you share screenshots and everything of different episodes that resonate with you. And I'm just so happy, you know, to see that, you know, obviously personally as a mama, because like you said, it's like, you know, sharing that space, sharing that voice, empowering others, which is why, you know, I loved what you were doing and we connected on social because it spoke to me so much. So for those that don't know you, why don't you tell us a little bit about who Chelsea Skaggs is more than what I just kind of shared in the bio. Yes. Okay. So I am, you know, as we introduce ourselves, first and foremost, a mother of two. So I'm in this chaotic space right now of having a three-year-old and a one-year-old, which is <laughs> yes, that is an ongoing circus. <laughs> <laughs> so that is um, what I do with most of my time in sanity. And then my passion is really bringing some light to postpartum realities and having taboo conversations. So I, for years, was a people pleaser who wanted to have everything in order. And then it was like the rug was pulled out from under me and I could either fake it like crazy or just surrender and say, you know what, this is a shit show and I'm here for it and I'm going to be present <laughs> in it. And that is where we are now. <laughs> I love that. And you know what? I think it's like, we all have to get to that surrender to mm -hmm. feel like, okay, it's okay to be in this season and know that really it is a season. It is a certain amount of time that you're going through this and it will change and it will pass yeah. and you will transition. But I think it's really hard to sometimes get to that. And I know for me as well, it was very hard to find those first moments of really surrendering. But then once you do, you kind of find this like blissful state in that surrender. So will you kind of talk about, you know, the fact that since you are a postpartum coach, how do you kind of, you know, um, teach your mamas that come to you or moms to be how to fall into that surrender? Because that was definitely very hard for me. Oh yeah. And I think that there are very few spaces to say the imperfect and the scary and the stressful things out loud into other people. Um, and so I to tell all my mamas, the first goal of our time together is for them to hear the me too. And, oh, I see you. I feel that way also from another mom because we don't have a lot of spaces to open up about those hard topics. And so really, I encourage women to say their truth, to speak their truth, and to give themselves a lot of grace to say that this doesn't define me. This is a season for me. And it's okay for me to be here 
in the beautiful parts, in the hard parts, in the times when I'm madly in love with everything, and in the times when I'm not even sure who I am anymore. So it all starts with our story and having a place to share that safely without the fear of judgment or this pressure to have it all together. And then to, to process our experience and build from that and find just a more empowered self. Yes, I love that. And I think that's so important because, you know, especially as new mamas, I mean, mamas in general, like we all, you know, it doesn't matter what phase you're in, whether you're a new mama, you're a seasoned mama, you're, you know, essentially a retired mom in the sense that, you know, your child's no longer with you physically, but you're still, you know, of course, a mother, no matter what, it's like you, you're in all kinds of transitions and different times where you feel like, oh my gosh, like, who am I and what's going on? It's like so interesting when I talk to all those different moms who are in all these different, you know, seasons of their lives. It's like, wow, it really never gets easier. Right. It just kind of gets different. It's like, I've talked to some moms who, you know, have kids in college and they're like, well, yeah, I'm still a mom, but now it's like, I'm trying to reinvent myself and figure out who I am because like my children don't need me like physically anymore. And they're, you know, thriving and on their own. And then it's like me, who's a new mama, who's like, oh my gosh, you know, Amelia is, you know, 20 months old, you know, as of yesterday. And it's like, I, you know, have to do everything, you know, for her, for the most part, you know, and she's learning obviously as she grows, but I'm really in it with her and we're like really figuring things out and navigating. So it's just so interesting to me when, like you said, other moms share and we all kind of feel, you know, the same way in different seasons. I think there's something Mm -hmm. so beautiful and empowering in that. Right. And, you know, we hear this term, the loss of the village or moms need a village often. And the reality is that centuries ago, women grew up with their cousins or aunts or grandmas or moms nearby. And a lot of that camaraderie was passed down. But now we live in an age where we're often disconnected and we don't have a lot of safe spaces to kind of process this transition. Absolutely. So well said. And it's true. Not all of us have that support and have that support system. Like, you know, my husband and I are out here, you know, in California and all our families are on the East coast. And of course that's something we chose to build our lives out here, but it's still very hard when you don't have that kind of support and help all the time. And it's true. Like back in the day, you kind of had families there for each other a lot more. It was a different time. People weren't, you know, on the go as much. It was just different. So it's it's definitely um, nice to have, you know, someone like you and your communities online to know that you do have that support, even if it isn't physically, you know, in person. Yeah. So with your postpartum coaching, um, you know, why don't you walk us through a little bit of kind of how that works and how you kind of started the postpartum coaching and all of that. Yeah, well, it's been a journey of figuring out, you know, really what gap I felt in my own life and then how to fill that gap and connect with other women. So I started um, when I had my first son, I had left my job, moved back to uh, my home state, and I decided to pick up um, online business in kind of the online sales world. I did that for a little while, but I found that I really felt the gap of postpartum care. And there was so many times when I thought to myself, like, why? Why did no one tell me this? I feel almost like I was gypped by my friends who had, you know, babies before me or whatnot. 
because no one told me that my body would feel like this and my marriage would feel like this and my identity would feel like this. And, you know, not that, not that people purposefully leave that out. They're not trying to do us a disservice, but it's not a huge part of our conversations. And there are so many things that are taboo. And I felt frustrated by that. And so I decided that first of all, I was going to do my second postpartum differently and live in my authentic space instead of working every day to put up a picture on Instagram that looks like I was just super mom of the year. Um, with my second, I didn't have the time and energy for that. And I did not want to go that route anymore. And then I realized the more I talked to moms, the more a lot of new moms felt this gap. And so I decided to take what I had learned about online spaces and create a curriculum. So I wrote, um, it's a 10 week program. I wrote a curriculum that addresses the taboo topics. So like this week, we're talking about how hard marriage can be and sex and loss of friendships. Like that is what we're diving into. The nitty gritty, the, the stuff you don't go to the park and strike up a conversation with a new mom about. And we, we process it. We give each other encouragement. We create space for those stories. And then we brainstorm together, like, what are our next steps? How do we move forward? How do we keep growing? And so really, it came from this gap that I felt. And then I knew that I had learned a lot of skills about existing in the online space and creating a sense of community virtually. And I wanted that for new moms because it's hard to get out. It's hard to find a mom group. For me with my second, my daughter couldn't breastfeed. So I wasn't going to go to the breastfeeding support group. And that was about all I could find. So Mm -hmm. I realized I needed to create the space that I wish I had for myself. Good for you. And I think that a lot of us, you know, like you said, when we kind of feel alone and we feel those gaps and we feel like, oh, you know, I don't have the support that I need. And I feel I, you know, um, it's just, it's a very overwhelming feeling and it's a very um, uncomfortable feeling for many of us. And I think that, like you said, like you found, you know, your space where you felt like you needed it. So therefore you wanted to provide it. And that's like the same with me with like my, you know, podcast. It was like, it was born out of my postpartum depression and now I'm so much more. But for me, it was like, I just needed an outlet. I just needed to talk. I just needed to vent. I just needed to feel like, well, hell, even if one person listens and says like me too, like I, I feel that also, or I felt that I wouldn't feel so alone. So I completely appreciate you know, that you share that and that you say that and like how you would look like, oh, well, where would I go? Okay. Well, a group that usually tell you to go to is like a breastfeeding group or a certain mom group, but it's like, well, maybe you don't fit in that box. And it's like, there should be so many different types of supports and groups and not just one box to check. And I think that's what a lot of moms are starting to really want and find now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so complex. There's so many aspects to postpartum specifically and in our group, we, we commit to five pillars of transition. So we talk about mental, emotional, physical, relational, and personal identity. These kind of five pillars that touch every aspect of our lives in postpartum. And they intersect in so many ways. And they, you know, what I tell my ladies often is that it's hard work to dig into it. But if you don't, 
that's baggage that you continue to carry for years ahead. So we might as well dig into it and process the chaos that is postpartum in every aspect. So well said. So being that you first created this because of your own, you know, lack of that support and having that space and now really being able to be a postpartum coach, what is that like for you? Oh gosh. Well, (laughs) I love it. Like it is a dream for me to every day talk to women about awkward postpartum topics and just like let go of, again, letting go of having to have it all together and pristine and Pinterest perfect and just connect on this raw level. Um, I get to get I get to get messages when people are pregnant and haven't told their families yet. Like that always makes me so excited or messages, um, serious messages and, and creating conversations on my page often about communication in marriage or how to have the conversation about postpartum sex or how difficult it is to go back to work and advocate for your rights to pump or whatever it is. But these are the things I've always seen myself as an advocate and I've always seen myself knowing my work was meant to be in relationships. So bringing those things together, even though I'm still figuring it out in so many ways, feels like home to me in a way that no work ever has. Oh, I love that. That's so beautiful. And it must be like really nice for you and also super therapeutic because that's how I feel like when I get to connect with women like you and other mamas who share their truths and their stories and their hardships I'm like wow this is so healing for that person but this is even more healing for me oh yeah yeah definitely I think we all heal each other with our stories yes it's so true and it's so important to you know as much as you said it can be hard to be vulnerable and share it's just so important to do that because it really does open so much of that space. And so a part of, you know, your whole program and everything you say in your brand is, you know, survive and thrive and stress less. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, I think, so I, my website is strive less, live more. And that was born out of just thinking about how much energy we often put into pleasing other people and making things look however we think they're supposed to look and they should look and what we should do and what we should be. And we put all this energy into striving for this image and it sucks the life out of us in so many ways. And I have found, you know, not only for myself, but in working with other people that when we strive less, we live more, right? We have more energy and opportunity to be present with our family, to do things that we enjoy and to just feel like we can discover ourselves more when we're not putting all of our energy into, to, to being this image of who we think we should be to meet some society standard. I love that. That's really well said. And that's the thing. It's like so many times it is, it's like, you just think it's like this standard and it's like, but especially for mamas, like, and like you said, postpartum, it's not one box. It's not one thing. Like even with postpartum depression, like I had no idea how intense it was and how many levels of shit was underneath it. And just like, I mean, it's just like the list goes on and you're like, wow, this is so not something that's just like in a book or something you can just turn to and go, oh yeah, that's me. Check that. It's like, no, it's, that doesn't work that way. And neither does motherhood. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So how do you feel like with your coaching and everything with us saying that and what you do with mamas and everything, how do you feel like you help them uh, step out of that box and step out of that comfort zone? And, and can you give us kind of without obviously, you know, giving up too much of your own coaching, but can you kind of walk us through if we were to be coached by you, like what that would look like and what we could expect? Yeah, well, so there's, there's group coaching is the main thing that I do. Um, but I also do work with some individuals one-on-one, but it, it starts with figuring out where our understanding of postpartum came from in the first place. So some people have this image of who their mother was as a mom, and they're trying so hard to be that. Or some people, you know, have this understanding from TV or media or social media accounts. And I think it's really important that we start by figuring out how we even understood postpartum and recognize the fact that we are severely underprepared for postpartum. Um, We have pregnancy courses and appointments regularly. We have birth classes and 20 different ways to labor, right? But there aren't a lot of things out there that even prepare us for the fact that postpartum is months of transition. And so I think it's really important. And we always start with identifying where did you get your message about postpartum? And then how does that or does that not match up with your reality? And what things do you need to let go of as far as images? And what things do you want to grow into? And so that's a huge, huge undertaking to to figure and peel back those layers. But it gives women the opportunity to see maybe what they're trying, again, what they're trying to do because they think they should versus what they're trying to do because that's their values and that's who they want to be as a mom. So we, we start with that foundation. And I always like to teach my women also, and I won't go too deep into this, but how postpartum is very, very different in other cultures and across the world. Um, I remember telling myself so many times, women all over the world are doing this. Like, why is this hard for me? And I would beat myself up because I felt like, what's wrong with me? Like I'm defected because this is hard and this is supposed to be natural and women around the world are doing it. And I, I discovered, and now I like to teach women that I work with what postpartum support actually looks like around the world. And it's very alarming to see how much we lack specifically here in America. Um, and that, that goes into advocacy and other areas, but I think just that understanding gives us this opportunity to breathe and to realize that we are doing a really damn good job, given the fact that we have a lot of support stripped away from us. So those foundations is just how we set our mindset. And then really it's just going into the experience. Some women are carrying trauma from their birth experience. Some women are having a lot of tension because maybe they've lost a lot of their friendships. Maybe they were the first in their friend group to become a mom. Maybe it is that their husband thinks that postpartum is nothing but being told at six weeks they can have sex again. And (laughs) they have no clue that there's so much more. So we go week by week, we take a different topic for 10 weeks. And, um, you know, again, really figuring out 
what did I know about postpartum? What is my experience? And how, what can I get rid of? And what do I want to press into? Right. I love that. And I love that you said, um, like I, um, you know, I, I, I really appreciate you just said about like the sex because I'm like mm-hmm. laughing, but kind of like emotional at the same time. Cause I'm like, yeah, cause I had a C-section and I never planned on. And I, you know, wound up, you know, in bed on total, you know, bed rest, barely able to like, you know, nurse and hold my, you know, baby girl and, and my husband and my mom, my mother-in-law were doing everything. And it's like, oh yeah. And sex was the last thing for my mind. Oh my gosh. I wasn't even allowed to like barely move. I couldn't walk up and down the stairs for like two weeks. I wasn't allowed to drive for like nine weeks. So like, I think the first time we tried to have sex was like at eight weeks. I was like approved if I wanted to. And it was so painful. Mm. And it was so not what I expected it to be. And I was like, oh my God, no, I don't want to do this again. So it's like, I feel like even those conversations nobody has. And you feel like, God, what is wrong with me? And am I ever going to be able to have sex with my husband again? Oh my gosh. I, I will tell you the first time we tried again, I cried. I just broke down and wept because it was painful it was awkward. My body was different. And in my head, I had thought, oh my gosh, like all this time. And my husband hasn't had the opportunity to have sex. And this is really what I owe him. And I think that is a huge thing. We have to change the understanding of how men understand postpartum. Because if all they know is that by six weeks, you should be able to exercise and have sex again, we have a long way to go. And in bringing our partners on board and helping them to understand what all goes into this experience. Absolutely. And it's like, also too, like, you know, no, like, no, you know, um, like depends of their own, but they they don't know, like they're Mm -hmm. clueless, like, because they're not, you know, set up and and they don't have the tools because we're barely set up. Right. Exactly. And how are they supposed to navigate? So do you, I'm curious, since we're talking about this, like, do you deal with that when you are coaching these different moms? Oh, Allie, this comes up in absolutely every aspect. Again, we have 10 weeks with 10 different themes in this relational distance of understanding comes up every week in every topic because it impacts so many aspects of a woman's life. And you know, like we said, we hardly know anything about postpartum specifically when we're preparing for it until we get into it. So of course our partners don't know much. And then when we're in the heat of the moment, we're sleep deprived and we don't have time to communicate. We're hormonal, right? (laughs) So it's like, I hear all the time about, you know, I had this explosive conversation with my husband or my husband doesn't understand why I don't just get over it. Or my husband's wondering why I'm crying and there has got to be more understanding. Um, and I hate to say that it falls on the women because we take on the mental and emotional load in so many ways. But I, I truly believe that the more women prioritize educating and preparing one another for postpartum, then the ripple effect will happen in partners having a better understanding too. Yeah, I think that's so true. And it's like, again, the more you talk about it, the more you have these conversations that nobody wants to have, 
the more you open those doors and kind of the floodgates to having these conversations and connecting the husbands and partners and everybody into it so they understand it. So, you know, I, I think that's great that you think that way and that you're like, have that in mind. Because again, my husband, he tries to be the most supportive ever, but it's like, he's clueless with so much and he tries to educate himself and he asks me questions, but it's like, sometimes like, I don't even know the freaking answer. Right. You know, yeah. and I'm like, um, yeah. well, you know, it's like, so, you know, it, it's, it's so necessary. So for you, you know, being a mom of two and truly being in like true chaos with their ages and everything, how do you feel like you navigate as a mama and as a postpartum coach? Because, you know, you're obviously teaching this and living this and it, I'm sure at times has to be hard because you I'm sure want to practice what you preach, but you go through it consistently. Oh yeah. Right. (laughs) And there are, there are definitely times when I will say and share, you know, like this is where we want to be. But even I have the days where I'm losing all my patience with absolutely everyone. I'm saying negative things about my body. I'm having these doubts. Like we all have those times Um, I think for me, I just ask myself to keep getting up and to return to what I know is true, um, as often as I possibly can. And it's true. Like I am, I'm living it. So I just, my daughter just recently turned one. Um, I consider postpartum to be the full year after giving birth. And that is, um, kind of what uh, Postpartum Support International and some other organizations use as a timeline of postpartum. And so, you know, for me, I gave myself a lot of grace and a lot of time this year, even more than I wanted to, because I knew I needed to be present in that postpartum experience. Um, For me, that was a huge reason why I committed to Instagram so much this year was because I wanted to document the realities, the truths, the, the raw emotions and feelings that I was having, because I know in two or three years when I'm running groups, I'm not going to be in that same headspace. And I want to be able to revisit how raw and real it is. And it was, and kind of keep myself present in that space. Right. No, that makes sense. And like kind of holding yourself to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, you know, I think that's great. And I, I think that more of us are trying to do that with social media. I know even for myself, there's some days I just don't go on because I know I can't show up and be my best mm-hmm. self. And I have to tell myself that that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. And, I that, um, and I think also too, I have to remind myself, it's not necessarily my best self, but it's like my true self and my real yeah. self. And I think the days that sometimes I can't do that, sometimes I get, you know, upset at myself because I'm like, well, then I should be showing this because it's hard. But some days I have to just give myself a break. And I think that's really important to talk about too in the postpartum era, because you don't have to feel like you have to share it all on social, even if you are, you know, committed to Instagram, like you and I are, because real life happens. And sometimes you don't always want to deal with everything with the community as well. Yes, definitely. And that's important that you can have those boundaries for yourself. Right. Exactly. And, and yeah, returning back to just kind of asking about 
being in this season and coaching. Um, I'm not sure if you ever listened to Marie Forleo, but someone introduced her to me earlier this year and I listened to, I just like randomly listening to something from her, but she said a statement that stuck out to me so much. She said, you don't have to be the sage on the stage. Your job is to be the guide on the side. And I think when I removed that pressure from myself for being the one who had mastered it all and could teach people how to do it perfectly, like that's not even sustainable. Um, I really saw myself as the facilitator and the guide that comes alongside other women and provides resources and education and support, but it's okay that I'm not always doing it perfectly. Right. Right. Exactly. And I think that, again, that main word of not doing it perfectly is so important because so many of us, myself included, put that pressure on ourselves of I must do this. Oh yeah. And it's like, no, there's, you know, beauty in the imperfection. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think the more we tell ourselves it doesn't always have to be perfect, it's not going to be perfect. The more we give ourselves that grace and allow like that surrender, like you said, and we thrive, you know, right. And and we don't just survive. We actually thrive. Right. Um, So it, you know, it's like, I'm learning that, you know, for myself too, which I want to ask you, like, when you say, you know, survive and thrive, like, of course, survival is a huge part of motherhood and is so important. But I love that you also have that with Thrive because at the end of the day, we all want to thrive and we all want right. to be, you know, at our prime and doing our best and succeeding, whatever that, whatever that is that we're doing. How do you really push your mamas to thrive and kind of get out of survival mode? Right. Yeah. Well, I think um, it's important. I choose both of those words simultaneously because I think some people just show survival and some people just throw, show their thrive thrive seasons and bringing those together, um, gives women the space to say, this is how I'm surviving. Um, but then, you know, we're meant to grow. We're meant to always be growing and thriving in postpartum and in motherhood is identifying who we want to be, what our values are and what we can commit to. And to help women do that, one of the biggest obstacles we have to overcome is trying to be and do everything because you can't and you're going to always be in survival mode if you're trying to fill 75 buckets and you only have water enough for 15 buckets so identifying what is most important and and continually this is a continual process but putting aside the things that don't fit into that and you know sometimes we see these images I, I like to use this example of, um, let's say, you know, you go on Pinterest and you see the mom who's really good at arts and crafts. You see the mom who has this bang and body. You see the mom um, who's writing about how on fire her job is, uh, one about her relationship. So on and on and on. You see maybe five or six different bloggers, but in your head, you put them together as this one person that you're supposed to be. And we often forget that just because somebody is doing really well in one area doesn't mean they're hitting six or seven different marks. So we kind of put this image of a super mom in our head by compiling five or six different images. But again, that's not sustainable. And so when we identify what's most valuable and where we really do want to thrive, 
we can move forward in that direction by not getting bogged down by the things that don't fit. Wow. That's pretty, you know, that's pretty powerful. And I think that it's really important for mamas to hear because it's true. I mean, even myself included, I am so guilty of trying to do so much and I've had to learn to lean on, you know, my interns and assistants and my husband and my family and my friends and different people around me and their mom groups and all these different people, because otherwise you do, you not only go into total survival mode, but you end up crashing and right. Oh yeah. And you end up burning out and that's like the worst feeling of all. Yeah. You know, so um, I, I think that's really great that you share that. And I think that we all need to be aware of that and, and try to remind ourselves of that as we, you know, look at different people, like you said, and compare and, you know, think, oh, well, look at them. They're doing this. It's like, okay, regardless, you don't know how they're doing it. You don't know what's happening behind the scenes. And I think that's a big part of social media too, right? Is like, mm-hmm. you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. You only see, like you said, the pretty picture, the pretty Pinterest right. Right. I spent some time as a virtual assistant and I, I had watched this person, I had seen their social media and, you know, they had posted about how to do it all, you know, be a stay at home mom and make money while you're snuggling with your kids. And I was like, well, shit, because when I'm with my kids, there's, that's not what happens. Right. Right. But I entered this space and did some work as a VA. And what I came to find out was that that person also had a house cleaner and someone who cooks sometimes and they had a nanny and they had me, I was working as a VA and that's 100% totally fine. Like we have to use resources to grow our business, but so many people aren't showing that side and it just feels shitty to be on that side of like, why can they make that work? And I can't. But we really, like you said, we don't know the whole story. Right. We don't know the whole story. Right. And so when you're coaching these moms does, because you are on Instagram, because you are sharing so real. And when people go, you know, and, and, and find you from this episode, you know, on my side of the community and see, you know, all the realness that you share and how you're really trying to break down postpartum, you know, I'm curious other moms that are already, you know, following you and engaging with you and working with you in the coaching space. Do they talk about social media with you? Um, we do. And the first, one of my first instructions is to, you know, unfollow accounts that make you feel crappy. Mm. Um, there's a big difference between inspiration and self criticizing. And so if, if you're on social media and you're leaving it feeling crappy, like you have to hit the unfollow button, you have to find ways out. And Ali, I know you've talked about this in a number of episodes, Like there was a season you walked away from social media for a while because it is an incredible tool. I am such a huge fan of social media, but also there are some dark sides and in certain seasons, it's not a safe space for us. And I think the same goes with certain accounts that you follow. You really, you have to use social media as a tool that fits into your life and not something that you leave feeling crappy about yourself. Oh, 100%. Completely agree with you. And it's, it's true. It's like, well, and I had to, like you said, I signed off, you know, for quite a few months and I had to for my own health and my own sanity and, you know, mental state and everything, you know, I realized like, Hey, yeah, this is part of my job, but this is also like, 
this can't define me and this can't be hurting me mentally. And especially as a new mom, I was really struggling and I was entering postpartum depression and I was not surviving. And it was just really important for me not to just unfollow, but for me to just sign off sure. and dark and not have to engage and not have to deal um, with what I was feeling. And not necessarily that anybody particular was doing it to me, but like you said, if something's triggering you, if something you're reading or someone you're following is doing something to trigger you or bring a certain feeling or do something that's just not positive, you have to hit the unfollow button. And I've even said that to people that have messaged me in the past. I've had moms say to me like, oh, you know, you're so glam saying you look so fabulous. And I'm sitting here, you know, looking like crap. And I'm like, oh gosh. And, you know, and I write them back and I'm like, well, listen, I, I'm not looking fabulous every day. Like I'm, right. I, I share plenty that I'm not looking fabulous. And I also share when I'm at my, you know, job and I am, you know, glammed up and I'm excited to look beautiful and this sure. and that, you know? And I said to that mom who was messaging me and giving me a hard time, I said, listen, if I'm triggering you in any way, shape or form, please go ahead and hit the follow button. Yes. And she wrote me back and said, wow, I am blown away by your response. And I said, well, I wouldn't want to upset you. I, I, I'm, you know, I would hope in most cases, I'm a positive light. I'm inspirational. I'm, you know, helping other mamas, especially being in this new season of motherhood. You know, I want to be there for my mom community. So if I'm doing something that's making you upset, by all means, like your mental, you know, your personal, all that is way more important than you just like following me. So go ahead and hit it. You know, yep. and she like, and it was funny because her response was, wow, you actually gained like a real fan. And, like, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I was yeah. like, well, I'm happy to hear that. But I, my, you know, my answer still stands for anyone in that matter. If something I'm doing is triggering you or upsetting you, hit the unfollow button, girlfriend. Right. You know, I mean, it's like, you got to do what you got to do. And I appreciate that you talk about that too, of like unfollowing those accounts, like in your coaching and everything, because it's true. You want to fill your feed with things that are going to uplift you. Like I realized for me, if in the morning, I, I try not to start in the morning with my phone. I try really hard to do it. Yeah. I try to journal and, you know, just like have a cup of tea and like check in with myself and, you know, nurse my daughter and like do things that like are outside of social and then get on. And then like, once I do, I, you know, I make sure like I'm always following like new accounts that inspire me or unfollowing an account maybe that I'm not liking something they're sharing. And I think it's necessary, right? Cause it's like kind of what we do in life, when we meet different people, we filter them in and out and we decide with our barometer who should stay, and who should go and, you know, who's worth, you know, what to us personally and what they bring to our lives and what we bring to theirs. So I think sometimes with social media, we don't realize we're doing the exact same thing because it's a different type of community and, and friendship and meeting and acquaintances and business and all these things in one space. But it's like, it really is, except we're all online and we're all in this space together. And sometimes that space can be so freaking crazy. Yeah, it can. You know, so I think that's, that's awesome that you, you know, share that with, you know, your group and everything and, you know, and, and what you do, um, yeah. because I think it is important. I think a lot of times people kind of forget that social media can play a major part you know, in anyone's life. I mean, it doesn't have yeah. to be an influencer like myself or you who, you know, are always on Instagram with your, you know, program. It's like for anyone, it could really play a positive or negative role. Right. Yeah. And it's up to us to figure out how we're going to use that. Right. Exactly. A hundred percent. 
Well, I know speaking of real mom life, we both have to go soon, but is there anything else that you would want to share with my listeners and myself that about your coaching or just about, you know, you and like what you're doing or anything new that's coming, you know, as we hit in, uh, the, into the new year of 2020, like anything else you'd want to share with us? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, the first thing is just, I just want to encourage mamas to keep sharing their story. Um, you know what I love in my groups most of the people I work with aren't sharing their story on social media, you know, getting into the nitty gritty and pictures and all of that. And you don't have to do that in a public space, but sometimes it's the stories that are shared with a friend who's pregnant or just had a baby or making yourself available for a phone call like that can make such a huge impact. And I, you know, I said this before, I'll say it again. I really believe the way that we change the postpartum narrative for us as women, for the partners who are in this, for workplaces, for policy, like all of this starts with sharing our stories, whatever that looks like. So to anyone listening, I just encourage you to share your story um, in whatever space is empowering for you. And then Thanks for asking, Allie. Um, I'm so excited for 2020. Um, we have quarterly groups that will be happening. And something I love is I keep these groups really small. They're capped at 10 women and we have an intimate space. And so registration for that is open um, right now. And that's all at postpartumtogether.com and also at just postpartumtogether on Instagram. And then I will be leading postpartum planning consultations. So think about, um, you know, a lot of women are making birth plans and I think that's incredible. I loved having my birth plans in place, but a lot of people aren't thinking about postpartum. And so I've created a postpartum plan that women can work through, have these conversations preemptively with their partner, um, figure out their values and priorities through that space. And so I'm really excited to start offering those in 2020 and just help women to not be so blindsided by postpartum. Um, it's hard. It's beautiful. It's blissful. It's dark, like all in one moment, but we don't have to be blindsided by it. So I'm really excited for 2020 to just help women to be, first of all, prepared with a plan and then to offer that space where women can come together and be supported without you know, boxes and prerequisites that they have to check. It's really valuable to have women from so many different walks coming together in those groups. I love that. I think that's great. And, you know, I, again, thank you for being there for other mamas and, you know, for myself as well and for sharing all that. And before I let you go, I always ask this question of my mamas. What is your biggest pet peeve right now in motherhood and your biggest reward? Oh my gosh. Well, my biggest pet peeve is mealtime. For sure. Um, my one-year-old is eating table food. My three-year-old is eating table food. And it is absolutely maddening to make food and see it on the floor. And that is my life right now. <laughs> so that is my biggest, oh, get that. Yeah. biggest pet peeve is like, oh, grunting while I pick up food from the floor that I prepared with the time I don't have. But then, did you say the opposite? Um, 
the reward like, in motherhood. The biggest rewarding. Oh my gosh. Um, it's the snuggles for me. Always the snuggles. I am a snuggler by nature. I was that person that like at sleepovers would end up being the creeper that's snuggling some, one of my friends, like I love snuggles. So to have two miniature humans, um, to snuggle with at my discretion is my heaven. Amazing. I love that. Yeah. That's so, that's so sweet in such a beautiful way to say it. And I would have to say my biggest pet peeve right now is like similar. My daughter wants to just like make mess where she goes and like, I'll put uh-huh. some away and the toys are all over and then she'll go <laughs> paper ripped up everywhere. Now she knows how to open the pantry doors. Now she takes everything down off the shelves. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Every mess we go from one mess to the next, to the next, to the next. So I feel you on, on the messes mama. It's like never ending. (laughs) Yes. I I get it. I I feel for you. And then my biggest reward would just be like, she's really starting to talk now and like repeat. Like yesterday it was raining here, which like never happens in California. So she's kind of learning what rain is. And like, I had to go outside and came back in and I was like, oh, I'm all wet. And she looked at me and she was all wet. And I was like, oh my God, you know, (laughs) so stupid, but so like fun and silly to get to see them people. Yes. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. So that, yeah. But uh, thank you so much for being on. Um, Go ahead one more time and plug yourself where we can find you. Yeah. Well, so I spend, I was telling Allie, I have a couple different names. I'm trying to figure this all out. Um, but I'm always hanging on Instagram. My main profile is Chelsea keeps it real with a period between each word. And then for my group, um, I am just always posting about postpartum specifically at postpartum together. And from those pages, basically you can find anything. You can find my blog and my bio, you can find um, links to the courses and everything can be found via the Instagram. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. And definitely check out Chelsea's Instagram because it's very inspirational, very real. And I'm always laughing and crying for her to have her post. So <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It's like she said, it's a beautiful, you know, crazy dark mess that we're, we're all in when you're in motherhood. So thank yes. you so much, Chelsea, for, you know, sharing your truth and sharing your postpartum, you know, coaching and everything you're doing to help women survive and thrive. And until next time, guys, cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye, loves. I just wanted to say happy holidays. Thank you so much for listening and for all the amazing reviews you guys have already left me in 2019. I am so excited for 2020. I have some amazing guests coming for you guys. And I just wanted to say, seriously, I'm so grateful for you all listening and for sharing my podcast and for loving these episodes. And I'm just so excited for so much more. So on that note, happy holidays. Enjoy this time to take a pause and, you know, uh, enjoy your loved ones and enjoy yourself and be able to zone in on that self-care and just slow down. I'm definitely going to try to do the same. And uh, I will be releasing one more episode most likely before the holidays, but I will be taking a little mini hiatus before 2020 begins. So I just wanted to let you guys know uh, I will be back soon uh, with Strip Down and some amazing new guests. And happy holidays, loves. Thank you so, so much for just everything you guys have done for me already on this podcast. I can't wait for 2020. Cheers.